0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more insurance, investing, earning money, saving money squirreling it away, marrying properly. These are all big financial decisions that can impact your quality of life. Quality of life may be the theme this hour. We'll see. The theme usually finds itself somewhere, some way, some shape, some form. We're having an okay year on the Wall Street. On the Wall Street. I love it. Like, I don't know who did that to me, but someone in media referred to... Well, it's not... They just oh the maybe it was the pandemic or the the COVID oh maybe that's what it was. Someone said oh I got the COVID or I got the the VID. I'm like what? Russell 2000s up 14% this year. That is sweet. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 12.1%. The S&P 500 up 11.7%. The Nasdaq's up 6.6%. Those are damn good numbers, and we're building on them today. Interesting, the NASDAQ is known as the index of growth, and they're the underperformer this year, telling you that value is beating growth just in a headline right there. Is that true and proven beyond a shadow of a doubt? I don't know. I don't want to speculate on that. I just want to say that's what it looks like. The divergence between blue chips and riskier stocks. Um, nothing specific out there other than to say that tech stocks and risky stocks, tech stocks are risky stocks, risky stocks are growth stocks, tech, risky growth. They all kind of go hand in hand. They had a great year last year, the year before the year before the year before. So someday, some days when you wake up, you're the sprinter and some days you wake up and you're the turtle and it's okay. As long as you get to the finish line, I don't care how you personally do it. Just know where your finish line is. When I was 18 years old, my finish line was a million dollars. By the time I hit 35 and had a million, my finish line was 4 million. So things will change on you. They will evolve. Anything over $4 million is enough for me to live off till the day I die. I assume, I believe, I think. That too can change with inflation, with taxes, with the state taxes, with city taxes, income taxes, 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 taxes. Taxes are the devil. Inflation is the devil. I know you're saying you're not really thinking it's the devil, are you? No, 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 no. Energy was up nicely, as was consumer discretionary yesterday, showing you relative strength of what people are favoring. When I say it's up nicely, better than the market was. So the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up three tenths of a percent. The SP 500 was up. um, You know, half of 1%, and then you see something along the lines of energy up 1%, it's thumping the indices that it's inside of, telling you that there's more money favoring that sector that day. Again, not completely truthed all the way out and proven, but that's the idea. Amazon.com confirmed its purchase of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer for $8.4 billion yesterday. And that Andy Jesse is going to become CEO on July five. I find that cute that Jeff Bezos is going to step aside and become the the head of the board in January fourth. Revolutionary War kind of thing is this his last day? He's put in twenty years. It doesn't feel like it, but he has. It's interesting when you see a CEO pass the baton. Bill Gates once passed the baton to Steve Ballmer. Whoops. Ballmer was kind of a big oaf, for lack of a better term, and he's a very smart man. I just don't think he was very good at doing what Bill Gates did. Bill Gates was more of a futurist. Jeff Bezos is more of a futurist. Tim Cook, not so much, but his predecessor, Steve Jobs, was. Or as I like to used to call him, Steve Jobs. Having a futurist as a tech CEO is a wonderful thing. Zuckerberg, I don't get. He seems to be a plagiarist and a copycat at best. With that said, he's got a hell of a platform. I just don't think he's done with it, what he could do with it as of yet. So Amazon going after MGM is a big story. Amazon picking up the Washington Post is a big story. Amazon's got 150 million odd subscribers to Amazon Prime in the United States, 200 million worldwide. Those numbers will grow. Their influence in our life will grow. I can tell you already, I'm not on one regular prescription. But when I am on a regular prescription, I'm going to use Amazon to deliver it to me on a weekly, monthly basis. I don't like going to the CVS. There's a good chance I've got Asperger's on some levels. I don't like people. I don't like groups. I don't like crowds. Um, I'm obsessed with not going in CVS. I used to be obsessed with not going in Radio Shack. I am uncomfortable in stores. I know you're saying, your life is rich, Rob. <laughs> not so much, is it? Um... But platforms are are huge right now, and there's only, I could say, five to eight. You know, once you get through the Apples and the Amazons and the Googles, then you start saying, what sort of platform does Microsoft have? Well, they've got the Xbox, which is a pretty cool installed base, and they've tried to make the Xbox and Sony's tried to make the PlayStation a hub for news and movies and entertainment, very similar, using their platforms. I don't know if they're quite as powerful. Then you get some platforms like Twitter and Snap, which, yeah, hundreds of millions of users. Now it's you monetize that and do it consistently. A lot of people are saying Jack Dorsey has to go out of Twitter. It's starting to look that way. Um, although they've finally teased that they're going to do a subscription service to try to make it a little bit more legit, try to weed out some of the knuckleheads who take up our valuable time. More valuable eyeball space. But back to the markets. Dick's Sporting Goods had a great quarter. We want to go outside and play. Urban Outfitters had a great quarter. Both stocks are up over 10% today. Abercrombie and Fitch as well. Not quite 10%, but 8%. We want to go out and play sports, and we want to go out and look good don't let that stop you from understanding like the obvious there i don't know neither three neither of those three maybe in an s&p 500 index but not directly gamestop had a big move yesterday and i'm like no please no we don't need more speculation or froth speculation and froth is where people lose money and they they lose faith Economic data on mortgages yesterday showed that we're decreasing on a week-over-week basis. In large part, if you have a mortgage, you you probably refinanced it. And homes are starting to get more and more out of reach as we get lighter in in the massive rally in the latter stages. Don't know if there's a story there yet, but I think in the next two to five years, we're looking at a correction both on the markets, stock and real estate. How big will it be? I don't know. I'm not in the, the world of crystal balls. Mine broke on the way to work today. Fell off my broomstick. No, no, I'm not that guy, but we don't need meme stocks. We need earnings. Congratulations to exporting goods, urban outfitters, Abercrombie and Fitch. Cause they delivered the earnings. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. When I started doing a show nationwide 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I'd get a lot of calls because people were in their car and they'd call a radio show. Now I think the shows are leaning a little bit more towards podcasting events and people don't call in as regularly or as often. If you ever want to drop me a question, I could gladly answer it for you because I think that's where my strength is, thinking on my feet, so to speak. Um, The best way to drop me a question and the only way I'm going to answer it is voice record yourself and drop me an email to rob at roblackshow.com. Your phone has a feature on it and two features. You can record your voice question and you can email it to me. And it can even be praise or it can be I hate you or it could be I think you suck. I'm fine with all of that. If you think I think I'm all that in a bucket of chicken, you're wrong. So use your voice recorder, record a spot, keep it relatively intelligent and fast paced and I'll use it. And if we get enough of them, I'll use them in certain segments, like every day in the fourth segment. I don't know. Some interesting stories out yesterday, and I'm kind of digesting them. Zscaler zipped 12.4% after reporting earnings. Okay. That's interesting enough. Meme stocks are back. Um, So a lot of people are making merchandise. Crypto Kitty, Ninja Kitties, GameStop to the Moon, Dogecoin, you know, the, the whole thing, right? Um, when you're making a T-shirt about it, it probably isn't going to hold up terribly well. But the interesting story that happened after the market that I found, like, I want to understand this better, is a Dutch court ordered Shell to cut 45% of its carbon emissions by 2030, which is an unprecedented ruling and courts have something called precedents that you can build on and or deconstruct. As the world moves away from fossil fuels, activist group Engine Number no. One gained at least two board seats at Exxon, showing investors' support for corporate transparency. Don't believe a lot of what you're hearing with carbon neutral, because um, it's a lot more, there's a lot more material to cover that's too simple of a statistic. And you're going to see a lot of corporations hide behind it. I was looking at some of the MGM catalog yesterday that MGM that uh, Amazon's acquiring. It's pretty impressive. Let me give you a couple of them. 12 Angry Men. Okay. Basic Instinct, Creed, James Bond, Legally Blonde, Moonstruck, Poltergeist. Aren't we due for a Poltergeist remake? I feel we are Raging Bull RoboCop. Aren't we due for a really good RoboCop TV show? I kind of feel we are the first movie. Unbelievable. Everything that RoboCop has done since then. Awful. But what a franchise based on that first movie. Silence of the Lambs. Are we not watching Clarice? It's a franchise that Amazon's acquiring. Tomb Raider. Do we think our kids are going to be playing Tomb Raider in the future? Do we think our little girls are going to say, I want a bow and arrow just like Laura Croft? I think Tomb Raider could be milked a little bit more. I'm not so sure about the Magnificent Seven or the Pink Panther, but it's out there. Acquiring a franchise and acquiring things that they can develop around that we feel comfortable with. I got Peter Sellers Humor. It just didn't make me laugh. Maybe I've got one of those diseases where I can't laugh out loud or something like that. I'm laughing on the inside. It just no. No, 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 no. It just didn't work for me. Um. But I could see you could kind of see where some of this can go. Um as far as milking franchises, why is it important? The last three Star Wars films pulled in, what, $3 billion-plus. Um, which, when you start thinking about it, it doesn't sound like a lot of money anymore. We used to be impressed when a movie would hit a billion dollars. Now we see video games hit $2 billion. When Grand Theft Auto Six comes out next year, it'll be the top-selling piece of entertainment that we consume of all time. It will make the top five movies. Man, eh, maybe not the top five movies. It'll make the top movie gross ticket sales looks silly. And we're moving more and more to video games as our form of entertainment and less and less to movie theaters. Is the theater dead? No, but I think it's in secular decline. And they've had to throw in as many bells and whistles as they can to get us in, including big loungers, gourmet food, And it's just too pricey of an experience for a lot of people. Changing topics, Ford. I want you to go take a look at Ford's stock price. And I'll play along with you just to show you I'm not being biased in any way, shape, or form. When you go take a look at a stock of Ford and think about the last year or two, We've heard Ford regularly say updates on electric vehicles. They're coming soon. Our Corvette is going to be electrified. Then people are like, well, how about the F-150 truck? Because that's the, that's the vehicle that you make the most freaking fracking money on. We want to know about that. And you're starting to say, oh, you got that. Stock is at a 52-week high today. And last year, they've delivered other promises. That's really, really bad news in the long term for Tesla. If you look at Tesla as just electric vehicles, I don't. I saw some of the data on how many power walls are installed. It's impressive. You've seen that they can move in those kind of directions. It's just not the business model that is obvious. I think one of the more beautiful things about Tesla is they've acquired the materials to make batteries for years and years and years to come. So while other companies are starting to say, what's the supply chain that's supposed to look like, Tesla has it. Supply chains are super important. I'm going to talk about that probably today if my mind can hold up and I can remember it. (laughs) I know you're saying, that doesn't sound good, Rob. But in the last year, Ford stock has gone from $6 a share to $14.67. I want you to notice they've put in their bottom. I want you to notice that they're breaking out. I don't own own shares of Ford, and it would be illegal for me to buy it in the next three days after talking about it in such a glorious manner. That's one of the things that sucks about doing this show, is I can't front run, and I can't be dumping the shares while I'm – I can't be touting it while I'm dumping it. I can neither buy nor sell. But they've kind of delivered on their EV promises. We still don't know if the F-150 truck's going to live up to the mileage when you're towing and pulling – and using all that torque and power. We'll see. I'm skeptical. But it's an interesting flag to plant. And I like flags. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I do a show here It's kind of exclusive for now. I'm developing it content-wise, intellectually-wise, to become a podcast standalone product that I'll, I'll play on the radio, but if radio ever goes away, for whatever reason, sometimes stations get bought. Sometimes they flip format. You've probably remembered your favorite rock station. You wake up next week, and it's top 40. You're like, ah. But the podcast will be at Rob Black's show. And I'm developing content on it. And earlier today, I I did a really nice piece, I believe, on futurism and how back in the 1990s, there was a digital coin company called CyberCash. And it was supposed to be the next Microsoft. It was supposed to be the next biggest company on the planet. It never worked out like that. With that said, I'm extrapolating a little of that into Bitcoin. I did a long piece on a book that I own. It's a futurism book. It was published in 1967 by Herman Kahn and A.J. Weiner. And it talked about crazy stuff. Predictions of the future, 150 predictions. Some of them we hit. And some of them we massively missed. New and useful plant and animal species. More reliable and long-range weather forecasting. We hit both of those new improved super performance fabrics like papers and fibers and plastics anyhow you can find that show only right now mondays thursdays and fridays on kdow on air i don't think we're building in the podcast yet but it's a lot of strategy um it's a lot of big thinking interesting, one of the predictions back in 1967 was cheap and widely available central war weapons and weapon systems. I think that's partially true and partially false. Our fighter jets aren't cheap. But we've made killing people a lot easier. Um, There were some interesting things along the lines of futurism and I own this book. More extensive use of transplantation of human organs where you're like that did come to fruition. And we've kind of forgotten how great that was. Open heart surgery wasn't always a thing. And sometimes we forget, and sometimes we get kind of caught up right now in like, what's the next big thing? Is it artificial intelligence? Is it space tourism? It's, it's an industry we see developing, and you've probably put money in companies like Galactic, Virgin Galactic, you say things like, I don't own SpaceX if I could because what Elon Musk is doing is pretty exciting. Jeff Bezos might be leaving Amazon if for nothing else to practice more on space issues. But it's interesting. If you take a look at this list, some of these were massive, massive failures of um, concept, planetary engineering, modification of the solar system a technological equivalent of telepathy, wide use of ESP, suspended animation for years or centuries, room temperature superconductors, true artificial intelligence, automated highways, extensive use of moving sidewalks for local transportation. It reminds me back in 1975, I was a very young boy and I was in an international airport and they had an escalator that went sideways. It didn't go up or down, it went sideways. And they're still out there, but they're only at airports as far as I can tell. I throw it out there for you because, like, if you're a Bitcoin investor, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying just know that more than 70% of these type of predictions don't come to fruition. Interstellar travel, anti-gravity, generic control of Homo sapiens. Life expectancy extended to 150 years. I I don't know the oldest person. I know we haven't hit 150 yet, but again, will we? That's something Google had as one of their, you know, moonshots a couple years ago, and they had to give up on because people were like, how much money is Google actually earning? We don't want to see whether or not they're putting balloons in the air that could do internet. We don't care about that. We care about money. Don't worry me now. Show me the money. The best prediction from 1967 is that we'd have substantial lunar or planetary bases or colonies which again if you hear Elon Musk yesterday he said when we do go to Mars people are going to die this is not going to be something that's that's pulled off like ta-da another prediction was lifetime immunization against physically all diseases um, that didn't come to fruition it's a lovely thought, but it's not there. Yesterday, there was an accident that I would want to hit upon, and I don't want to hit upon too much, but again, to show you why you need disability insurance and or life insurance. One of the movies that all parents show their kids along the way is School of Rock. We kind of like Jack Black. He works for adults. We kind of like the... Hey, you're a kid now, but one day you're going to be an adult. Try to stay a kid as long as you can. Movie themes like big, but also in School of Rock. The young child who played one of the leads died tragically yesterday in a bicycle accident. And first thing first, I was like, I wonder if he's still young. I wonder if that's the seven year old I remember. No, 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 no. He did actually age all the way to 32 years old. Died in a cycling accident outside of Chicago. Uh, It appears he died at 2 in the morning, which begs the question of, and I wish I could curse on this show. I can't because the FCC still monitors it, and that's why podcasts are picking up. But, or that's one reason. The dude was on a bicycle at 2 in the morning. What the frick? Now, he was killed by a 20-year-old female driving a Hyundai Sonata. She was released after some citations. The person at fault has not been determined. The crash is under investigation. I know the body's still warm. I'm just telling you, you got to get disability insurance and life insurance. As a 32-year-old man, this is going to sound crass, but this is the person who has no social skills in his, his body. Which do you think he would have preferred? To be disabled and or killed? I don't know if I want a life of massive disability, of a car hitting me and not being able to walk, maybe lose my legs, having physical trauma for the rest of my time on this planet. Disability insurance is important because it's expensive to be disabled. I know you're saying, whoa. Right? (laughs) Health insurance is important because it's expensive to get sick. It would be lovely in the United States if we started preventing disease instead of treating disease. We're too fat of a nation, me included. I went to the doctors shortly, not too long ago. I was selling something and I had to get life insurance and they had to get a physical to show that I was in reasonable health. The doctor said, you've lost 15 pounds. I said, yeah, sweet. Give me a high five. And he goes, you need to lose 10 more. And at 10 more, I'm at my perfect weight. But he's like, you're carrying a bowling ball around right now, a 10-pound ball that you don't need to be carrying around. I appreciate the prevention. If exercise was a pill, it would be the number one thing doctors would prescribe, right? So disability insurance is there in case you get hit by a car at 2 in the morning. It's very expensive to get a wheelchair. It's very expensive to have a helper you know, change your diapers, it's very expensive to have someone push you around. Your quality of life probably goes down for most people in that scenario. Your ability to earn income gets damaged. Death could be a, a tragic situation too, which is why we have healthcare insurance. We tend to only use healthcare insurance when we have cancer and heart attacks, things that's, that sound expensive and that's great. But we would be a much better nation if we can get healthier. Just throwing it out there for you and again, Kevin Clark I have no disrespect to your death. I do hope that someone just heard me talk about a bicycle accident and said Holy crap, that could be me Now at 2 in the morning uh, But I think we all know someone who's been disabled and I think we all know someone who's died too early and I think we all know some massively obese people who have kicked over dead This is where I need to be careful because the person I'm thinking about is someone that I worked with in the last 10 years not in radio He was bad. He was probably 320. But he was also like the kind of guy that did technology repairs. In fact, I know two people under the age of 40 who died because of weight. One of them got his stomach stapled. And it was a painful experience. So he went on medication like Oxycontin. And he died. Uh, Another one was just crazy obese and like he didn't have a good lifestyle and he died. So I had to go to two funerals for these people in large part because of their weight, not because the genetically predisposed, not because they had hyperactive mouth glands. So I don't know. Anyhow, I totally digress that segment. I apologize. Nvidia, snowflake, best buy, workday, William Sonoma, American Eagle Outfitters, Dollar Tree Stores, Dollar General, Medtronic, all reported earnings and all did really well yesterday I talked to Patrick O'Hare a little bit about are we at peak earnings with a low cost of money low cost of interest and with massive stimulation stimulus stimulation of our stimulus <laughs> oh boy this show is gonna get dirty quickly um, rated PG 13 not for the weak of heart may have some sexual you that's not really meant But the earnings are there, and they're maybe as good as they get. Just throwing that down for you with the low interest rates. If the economy improves, rates go higher, things get tougher. Not impossible, but tougher. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. couple things pretty moderate in my political thoughts don't really bring that up to you other than to tell you that's where I'm coming from not trying to sway who you vote for in the end that's your opinion Um, I'm pretty moderate in my beliefs so just know that that's the voice that you're listening to right now Um, I feel pretty comfortable saying that Um, we don't always have to agree and if I take a ding at cryptocurrencies I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to take food off your table. I'm just trying to say, hey, I almost invested in a company called CyberCash in the late 1990s, which has an eerie resemblance to Bitcoin. Now, Bitcoin's not necessarily as publicly traded as CyberCash was trying to be. But as we were getting online for the first time, people were using CyberCash in theory to do transactions on Amazon because people didn't necessarily feel terribly comfortable putting their credit cards on the internet, they felt better about having a wallet. You've seen companies like Facebook. Do you remember when they did the Libra cryptocurrency? And Zuckerberg thought the world was going to be happy with him. He already has a platform that controls news that we see and don't see. He now wants to control a currency. That's one of the three pillars of our society, news and, and currency. That would be pretty dangerous. And again, Libra went nowhere. I'm not trying to hurt you and I'm not trying to be right. If we ever get in a political discussion about vaccinations, I've got a brother who's a scientist at the Center for Disease Control. I I, I feel pretty good. My SAT scores are probably better than yours. My college GPA was probably better than yours. I'm okay hiding behind science. I'm okay looking at the data of 100 plus years of vaccinations. I'm a data guy. We're allowed to disagree. I'm not gonna walk away from it mad at you. I think opinions, everyone's entitled to them. Hopefully you think them out. My family was taught critical theory of we had to fight with each other about our opinions. You couldn't just be conservative, you couldn't just be liberal. The next day you had to be the opposite. You couldn't be pro-life, you couldn't be pro-abortion. Next day you had to be opposite. Poverty jails, all of that. Same thing with investing. I don't care how you get your money. If I take a shot at cryptocurrency, what I'm trying to say is I think the average person should max out their 401k, their 403b. I think they should be diversified. I deal with a lot of widows. I deal with a lot of women whose husbands have passed away. That's how I met my spouse. Her husband loved me. He thought I was the coolest thing on the planet he came to seminars he brought her there and when she passed he passed she went through her notebook and saw that she had written he had written loving notes about me not I love you but Rob Black's a good guy Rob Black knows what he's talking about it's got creepy all of a sudden but her spouse died in a car accident um, and again that's why I bring up the, the tragedies of things like bicycle accidents um, long story short where does this go I don't know other than I'm not trying to take money from you, I'm trying to help the widows. Do you know how many emails I get from people? And I made fun of one a, a week ago, two weeks ago. I didn't make fun, but one listener thought I was. The English in the email, is, um, it, it was bad grammar. A high school teacher would have said, you know, you can't construct a sentence. And it was, he was asking me about cryptocurrency and Bitcoin. And I, the light went off in my head. He knows no, he has no freaking fracking clue what it is. He's just heard about it, and he wants some of it so he doesn't miss out on it. This is not a show about being right. This is a show about not being wrong. You hurt the wrong person, and you suddenly hurt someone's mother. You hurt the wrong person, you suddenly hurt a widow. You hurt the wrong person, suddenly you like you do damage to people's lifestyle. If you want to go after cryptocurrency, just know it's, it's probably the riskiest thing you can own. And I'm fine with that. Again, it takes all kinds. I love Mark Cuban's angle on it. One to five percent is not going to get you in trouble. Just the other 95 percent, you should be in 401Ks and 403Bs and maxing out your retirement benefits and any any matches from corporations that you work for. If you're swinging for the fence like Mark McGuire did, like Sammy Sousa did, I know you're saying it's not Sammy Sousa, but that's what Janet Reno called him when she was like, oh, I really like Sammy Sousa. It's a callback to a media flub that still sits in my head. They struck out a lot. And Mark McGuire might have won a World Series. He didn't do it with the A's or did he? I don't know. Sammy Susser never won a World Series. You look at a lot of these home run guys, these meatheads. Did Barry Bonds get one? Nope. And it makes you scratch your head and go, maybe I shouldn't be building my team around home run hitters. You see a good team with a first baseman who gets on base 300% of the time. You know, you get a clutch catcher who can throw out a runner as well as hit a home run. You put together a team... And this is where I, you know, the racism comes in where you're like, you probably want your shortstop from Latin America because that's where they're the fastest and the fastest and they never make errors. That doesn't hold true anymore, but it did in the past. And that's how you built baseball teams. With that said, your portfolio should be the same way. If you want one home run hitter, one meathead called cryptocurrency or called Tesla or SpaceX or whatever it is. Just don't build a whole team of them. That would be rough to watch. Nine guys swinging for the fences, nine strikeouts, like 27 strikeouts in a game. That would be brutal. The score may be 20 to 20, but everyone gets out by striking out. That's not fun. Or maybe it is. I don't know. So this show is really designed not to hurt widows. And it's designed to help the average person to get to retirement. If you want me to speculate, I speculate very, very little. Am I good at growth stocks? I think I'm the best person on the planet, Adam. I'm pretty damn good. If you want like better than, a, than an average advice, I'm pretty good because I've got experience of losing money. And I've got experience of making money. And I don't like to lose money. Anyhow, and anyway, that's my rant today. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial. Decent day on the markets. Nothing great. Nothing upsetting. I'm Rob Black.